0: Nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture.
1: Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Welcome to Do Not Adjust Your Picture. I'm Skylar. I'm Stuart. So this week it's my turn and I chose Valley of the Dolls.
0: Never seen Valley of the Dolls?
1: It's one of my favorite movies. Um, it was made in 1967, or at least it was released in 1967. It was directed by Mark Robson, and it stars Barbara Parkins, Patty Duke, and Sharon Tate.
0: I'm more familiar with Beyond the Valley of the Dolls.
1: I know you are. Russ
0: Meyer and Roger Ebert. Yeah.
1: Yeah, apparently there was like a legal battle over that as well, um, because uh, I think her name's Jacqueline Susan that wrote the novel Valley of the Dolls. Had wanted to make like another like a sequel to it, um, but this like Fox picked up Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, and so her estate sued them because it wasn't what she had intended her follow-up to the Valley of the Dolls to be. But then she died before it was finished. But Fox still awarded her like family like mm. two million dollars.
0: And I'm sure she didn't want Russ Meyer right making the uh,
1: yeah because his was more of like a sat a satirical look at that time isn't it
0: his is more uh actually his movies are almost all more adult oriented it's it's all well you could argue just, that
1: valley of the dolls is very adult
0: no but i'm talking about uh like porn yeah more like just soft say core.
1: porn you have this thing where you never call porn porn
0: i call porn you porn. call it
1: like snuff or smut no, I've
0: never called you, ha- it snuff. you literally snuff is a very i called it smut
1: okay that's I've
0: never... Snuff is a very, very different thing.
1: Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Snuff <laughs> is
0: killing people.
1: Snuff? Oh. Yeah. Snuff film is oh. murdering somebody <laughs> on film
0: for uh, financial gain.
1: Oh, that's not great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's just a... It's a can-be melodrama. It literally almost ruined Patty Duke's career after she made it because she, up until this movie, was like a, a teenage child star um she was like the wholesome she had her own tv show like the patty duke show and it was just like her playing like which is kind of interesting she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder like later in her life but she played like two versions of herself like one that was like the all-american like teen like sweet and cute and the other one was like manic and like kind of uh more like reckless a pop
0: star named anna montana
1: yes exactly um Yeah, it was not received very well by critics at all. And in Sharon Tate's performance, people were critical of her because she is beautiful and she was playing a beautiful character whose really only talent is being beautiful. And there was like one woman who critiqued the film saying that she was basically a vapid Barbie. It's just
0: terrible. Oh, Marco Robbie is playing Barbie in the Barbie movie.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you have any questions about it before we get started?
0: Nothing really. Uh, I just know that this is one that has seemingly aged well, and has been very lauded over the decades since its yeah. release. And more than just a cult film or melodrama, it's recognized.
1: Yeah. No, it's still more. recognized as like having breakout performances from actresses that were typically typecast in Roles that weren't this. Like, this was like a. They were going to have, um, I think it was Raquel Welch play Sharon Tate's character, but she didn't want to play a sex pot. And then they were like, well, how about we get uh, Sharon Tate to do it? She had been in only a few things before this. Um, she was kind of just starting to create a career. And then, yeah, Raquel Welch wanted to play Neely O'Hara, and I can't imagine that in a million. In a million years, that would have worked out. Oh, I can't wait for you to see the mm-hmm. scream of Neely O'Hara. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. Oh, and also, we're going to have um, a guest host this week um, who has read the novel. Because I haven't read the novel, so I don't know the differences. I know there are a lot. I think the novel takes place from, like, 1945. It
0: takes place in Siberia.
1: Yeah, definitely. And they moved to Moscow.
0: The Sea a valley of dolls. <laughs>
1: Oh, and dolls means pills, which is something that... In
0: book, it means vodka.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, So we'll get a brief clip of Valley of the Dolls, and then we'll have our guest host, Brian, on the show. Stay tuned.
2: Now, the motion picture that shows what America's all-time number one bestseller first put into
1: words. Gotta get hold,
2: gotta get eaten. I wasn't much of a man living with you, Neely, but that's over. I'm straightened out now. With that little whore! That little whore makes me feel nine feet tall. Dolls,
1: the instant turn-on. For instant love. Instant excitement. Ultimate hell.
2: Neely, oh!
1: Starring Barbara Parkins as Anne.
2: Good girl with a million-dollar face and all the bad breaks. She took the green pills.
0: Well, how do you think I feel sneaking out of your apartment at 4 o'clock in the morning?
2: Patty Duke as Neely, who was such a nice kid. And then someone put her name in lights and turned her into a lush. She took the red pills.
0: Sure, I take dolls. I've got to get some sleep. I've got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. It's sparkle, Neely. Sparkle. Neely, you know it's bad to take liquor with those pills. They work faster. Have you heard from Jennifer? She wanted to know where she could get an abortion.
2: Sharon
1: Tate is Jennifer. International sex symbol victimized by everyone. She took the blue pills. Go to hell with them. Let them droop. And honey, let's face it. All I know how to do is take off my clothes. Welcome back. We just finished Valley of the Dolls and we are joined by the beautiful and wonderful Brian Carpus. Welcome, Brian. Hi.
2: Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad.
1: <laughs> so, Stuart, you just watched Valley of the Dolls for the first time ever.
0: I did. What
2: did you think?
1: Oh, I liked it. I think it was uh, hyped up to be a
0: lot more of a standard melodrama than I thought it was going to be. It's definitely closer to Midnight
2: Cowboy than All That Heaven Allows. I was expecting like Douglas Sirk and what I got. I love that you thought that was Douglas Sirk. Also, I want to know who called it melodrama before they called it camp to you.
1: Yeah, was that who did? Was that you? No, I mean I've been fully transparent to you that this is the campiest okay. movie that I've maybe ever seen. Yeah, in that. yeah, this is
2: the, like, peak of camp. This is, like, yeah.
1: It's just the fact that when they had the Met Gala and no one came dressed like Neely O'Hara with a bottle of, like, dolls in her hand, like, spilling everywhere is a travesty. I
2: would have, like, I would have... it, ugh, it if Someone, honestly, like, if there was a group of four, every, one could have gone as... Uh, Sharon Tate. One could have gone as Patty Duke. One could have gone as Barbara Parkins. One could have gone as Susan Hayward. Like
1: it would Everyone missed a great did, opportunity. Did anybody hit the nail on the head dressing in camp at the Met Gala?
2: Yes, the queer and uh, all the queer and queer people of color.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. And that's who invented camp. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah. You know? You know, oh.
2: for me, the biggest fail of all was was that that John Waters wasn't even invited. It's like you're gonna have a theme, the theme be camp, and you're not gonna invite the czar.
1: Yeah, I know. It's <sighs> also
2: no one did John Waters either. So that's, I mean, that's a whole other story. But
0: Waters, Roger Corman, you could have had all the greats.
1: Yeah, no one did it.
0: Lloyd Kaufman, no one.
1: So, let's go into a little brief summary of the let's
2: movie. Let's dive deep into the valley of the dolls. I'm sorry. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, that's why you're my guest. Oh, Brenda. <laughs> have you seen
2: any Doris Wishman movies? Did I see
0: what? Any Doris Wishman movies? Uh-uh. She was uh, more Russ Meyer than anything, but she was another uh, camp lord. And she did a uh, series like the Chesty Morgan series and A Night to Dismember. She's one of the less appreciated.
2: I'll look her up.
0: Along with Al Addison, Adamson, but Al Adamson kind of sucks. This well.
2: is Say her name the one I more time for the audience. What was that? Say her name one more time.
0: Doris Wishman.
2: Look her up, people. Yep. I'm going to look her up. Doris Wishman.
1: All right. Okay. So moving on from <laughs> a little history lesson from Stewart. You get your own little, like, film lesson corner every episode. (laughs) Uh, So, the movie starts with um, Annie moving to New York City from her hometown in, is it Lawrenceville, Connecticut? Yep. She moves to, like, just to get a career and start a job. She just graduated college. She's not ready to settle down with her boyfriend, whom she's engaged to be engaged. Yeah,
2: she... She's very much expected to, like, kind of grow up to be, like, a proper New England housewife. And she's like, "Mm, let me see if I can do something else before that.
1: Ooh, if you were on The Real Housewives of New England, what would your tagline be?
2: Uh, Real Housewives of New England? Yes. Oh, what would it be? Um.
1: I catch crabs in more than one way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That would be it. That or... That or it would literally mine would literally no, I know it'd be it would be I don't give a shit about baseball.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that would it would just straight up be that. It'd be Yankees, Red Sox, Tomato, Kamado. I don't care. <laughs> That's
1: what it would be.
0: <laughs> the um the everybody from Connecticut is obsessed with baseball and in our town, I think the mayor or somebody heavily involved, their son. The East
2: Coast is very just heavily... I feel like the South, because I'm from the South, South is very football and East Coast is very baseball.
0: The guy built like nine baseball fields in my hometown and they're all ugly and useless and terrible and uh, they make bad decisions. In In the
1: Midwest we're all afraid of dentists, so it's kind of a sport (laughs) just, you know, eating...
2: (laughs) Just running through the corn (laughs) mazes to get away from the dentist. (laughs) (laughs) That's... Uh such an image in my head now.
1: (laughs) Um, So, she moves to New York City. She becomes the secretary to a talent lawyer. He basically uh, manages the career, which I guess he's basically an agent. He manages the careers of all of these famous people, including Helen Lawson, who currently has uh, a starring role on Broadway. And that's where we... Major
2: Broadway legend. Major.
1: Major.
0: It's an adaptation of The Beaver with Mel Gibson. (laughs) you stop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) what if i just turn this podcast into me and brian's podcast and we just kicked you out that's what happens every time you two get together
2: (laughs) 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 that wasn't even an evil laugh either
1: no that was a pretty tame laugh (laughs) that
2: was a church laugh
1: oh Beautiful. And then, so we meet Neely because she's in the Broadway play <laughs> and she um, has a, her own solo musical in it, which to the chagrin of Helen Lawson, she's like, no, this little girl's going to upstage me in my musical. We have to get rid of her. So, so they
2: concoct a plan to get her. Oh, sorry.
1: No, no, no. You're perfectly fine. That's exactly what happens. They get her out of there, so they're like, you can either stay and do nothing and make $200 a day, or you can leave with your dignity. And of course, Neely's so, so remarkably dumb, even yeah. she has no foundation of a career at all, yet she's like, well, I want my dignity, and so she leaves
2: Yeah, I don't know any, like, actor that's like, like, when you get a gig, you get the gig. Like, you say yes to anything. Yeah. I have said yes to a few things in my day, and I'm still like, "Mm, I shouldn't be doing this. But, like, it's a gig.
1: Yeah, exactly. And also, to do nothing and get paid, that's literally an actor's (laughs) dream. Yeah,
2: oh my god
1: and then so she quits the play they obviously recast the role and give the music the number to someone else because it wasn't about the solo it was just about you know not
2: wanting yeah how talented she was in comparison
1: yeah exactly and then we when she's getting kicked out we meet sharon tate's character jennifer because she walks down the stairs in a big uh headpiece or headdress? Yeah,
2: like a showgirl feather, big feathered headpiece, yeah.
1: Yeah, and she walks down the stairs and she says, I'm feeling a little top-heavy, and then the director says something along the lines of, you are, basically mocking that she has big... Yeah, feet. or
2: like, we can see that. Like, yeah. Like, something like that.
1: Oh, God, I... Her, she's the only character in the entire thing that I'm rooting for. And <laughs> yeah,
2: you root, you immediately from that moment on, you root for her because you can see she's, like, so, like, ugh, fuck this shit. Like, you can tell, like, she's so over, like, that whole, you're, the whole thing. You're like, oh, I want you to, like, I don't know what you do, but I just want you to go and do it and kick ass.
1: Yeah, and the entire movie, she's basically just penalized because she's got, like, a perfect face. Which is, you know, my daily struggle, too. Um, so, How I,
2: many times a day do we get, like, arrested for being beautiful? I tell you.
1: It's just obscene. I just want to live in a society that, you know, I just want to live here in Hollywood and not be completely disregarded because of how I got, beautiful I am.
0: I got singled out for a different reason about my face today.
1: Yeah, you did <laughs> at a whole
0: food. <laughs> yeah, somebody was like, would you happen to be Jewish? And they knew an Orthodox Jewish man. And then that's
1: the,
2: yeah,
0: luckily it's, it's nine of nine out of 10 times.
2: See, yeah. I've had a few, like I work in, uh, for your, for your audience, I work in retail. Cause you know, I'm that fancy. And, um, And different from every other comedian. And um, (laughs) I've had a few, like, Orthodox women come in. And each time, it's the same look, which is, we know you're Jewish, but (laughs) we we don't, I don't, we'll leave you alone. That's, like, we know, but, like, we're not going to claim you. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm, like, very fair. (laughs) Not because I'm, like... Le- clearly, less Jewish in, are like in your eyes than you, but just because I'm a horrible person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just like love the idea of, you know. Because, yeah, getting called out for being Jewish usually doesn't end well. No. No,
2: but, like, when an Orthodox Jewish person... To be honest, when, like, an Orthodox Jewish person calls one of us out, it might not end well either. (laughs) That's
0: true. (laughs) But he ended up being very kind.
1: That's good. Well, I mean, basically made you pray in the middle of the Whole Foods. Yeah, and
0: you know what? If anyone says that's weird to me in the Whole Foods, you know what they did? You can be like do you not like Jews? Is that the problem? And,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: yeah. you got
1: them, Stuart. I got them. <laughs> yeah. So we are back to meeting Sharon Tate. Um, She's basically just a showgirl in a chorus. That's basically the only roles that she gets because, in her own words, she's just a body and isn't very talented. And then we move on in the movie, they're all trying to make it in New York. Neely leaves that job and she becomes a nightclub singer along with Tony. I don't remember his last name.
2: Oh, yeah. So, like, why? Yeah. So, when Neely leaves the show, she, like, gets offered, uh, or, like, I, uh, she gets, no, she does the telethon.
1: Oh, that's right. That's how She does
2: a telethon. She gets offered a telethon because they, like, uh... Oh, we're forgetting Lion. We're totally, we totally oh, skipped over that. Yeah. So when Anne goes to the first day at uh, Mr. Bellamy's office, yes. uh, she finds out that there's another guy there who's named Lion. And Lion is like all hot, all American, like the all, like the the man, like, I don't the know. I always imagine her
1: handsome American boy.
2: Yeah, and he like that everyone drools over, and he's like the other lawyer there or whatever. And uh, the t- Anne and him like meet, and that's like the main love story throughout like the whole movie. And uh, while and then so Anne comes with uh, Lion comes with Anne to tell Neely the bad news, and Lion's the one that gets Neely the TV gig. And afterwards, they go to a nightclub. And Sharon Tate comes with one of, as uh, as one of, uh, as what does Patty Duke say? Patty Duke goes, Jennifer oh, look, boyfriends. there's Jennifer, a wonderful rich old boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what my goal is every time. I, I hope to God that, that there's a point in my life every time I walk in the room, someone goes, oh, look, there's Brian and one of their rich old boyfriends. <laughs>
1: Oh my god! I love that, I that for you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs>
2: I thank you.
0: I thank you. Um, I love when. I- Lion- oh, what? I-, I love when you go into Lion's uh, office for the first time. He opens up his closet, and there's just a big ass rum dispenser in it, yep. with a little spigot, and he just—it's—it's it's more exaggerated than any. Example. It's of, called
1: alcoholism.
2: it's called it's called office life in like the sixties. Yeah. Have we not watched Mad Men?
0: I know. But it was comical. It just said it was this giant thing that just said rum on it. Yeah. Yeah. So um,
2: then,
1: um yeah so she's singing but, now. Oh, she's,
2: but they go to the night sorry. But they go to the nightclub and then Tony is performing there, and he's like an up-and-coming, like, singer, actor, and Sharon, Tate, and him, like, fall in love. Jennifer and him fall in love. And, uh, yeah, that's where we... And then Neely goes off and then builds up her nightclub act.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, he sings the song Come Live With Me to Jennifer while she's with one of her old boyfriends.
2: I love Uh, the look. Oh, sorry. So, no, I love the look that Sharon Tate gives. Like, while wow, he's, like, clearly, like, saying to her, he's, she, like, it's so, like, is he really, I this is for someone else. And she's like, oh, shit, this is for me.
1: I know, it's so cute. And then it's his cute. sister's, like, sitting in the corner, like, angry because his sister's his manager, his agent, his boss, essentially. She controls everything that he does. Yeah.
2: Played by the underrated Lee Grant.
1: yes. Yes, she's perfect. And then... She really is. Tony!
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we can skip forward a little bit. So they're all working towards their career. Eventually, Barbara Parkins' um, character starts dating um, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jennifer starts dating Tony. And then Patty D. De-
2: Neely has a boyfriend, and Neely gets married.
1: She does get married, but then Neely to kind of keep up. There's the whole dance montage scene of her basically training for the Showbiz Olympics, where she's jumping on a trampoline for reasons. It's so weird. It's just so. It's just camp. Like it's she's jumping on a trampoline. She's trying to do a cartwheel. I'm like she's.
2: I think there's a scene where she's literally like there. It's like a full like shot of her like, like at like a fake. Uh, like, sink, and she takes, like, a glass of water and just spits it, like, oh, yeah, it's so weird and random, like, I, they, I, they literally were just like, okay, do this. Now, like, I don't think it was any of that was planned. I think they just had stuff, and they're like, do it.
1: I, I, one part of me is like, was this supposed to be a comedy? Like, I think,
2: <laughs> okay, I, I probably, because I'll save this for, like, at some point else, but, like, Or I can say now, I think that because I, okay, this was the only, this is the only thing I have ever done where I've ever. This is the only story where I ever read the book before I saw the movie, and I purposely did that. Like, I purposely was like, I'm gonna read this book first and then go see the movie.
1: Right. And the
2: book is, as much as I love the movie, the book is 10 times better.
1: Right. From, like, literally everyone that's read the books. Yeah, I haven't read the book, so I don't know any of the differences between the two. I
0: haven't read the book either.
1: I know that. Supposed to take place in, like, 1945 and jump and land in the 60s. Yes.
2: It's a full 20-year uh, span that you get where you follow all three women. So, and it makes, like, the movie is camp, but only really, I mean, besides the obvious of how it was made. Right. Besides every inch, I mean, it's camp. <laughs> but it's it was going to be campy no matter what because they had to fit so much into, like, a two-hour... Like an hour and a half, two hours span. Like I always think that they should go back and take Valley of the Dolls and make it into a mini series, yeah. and let it go for twenty. And it, it would still be campy because the book is super campy.
1: Yeah, like super
2: campy.
0: Mildred Pierce situation.
2: <laughs> yeah, like something like that. Like it would be a really, it would be, it would just be very interesting. Also, because the characters are so like, I mean. I... We touched on this before, like we and we talked about this earlier. Like the characters are all based, allegedly based on real, very famous, iconic, legendary actresses and singers.
1: Right. Um, yeah, Emilia O'Hara is based off of Judy Garland. Sharon Tate is based off of who? Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe, The
2: tragic blonde sex symbol.
1: Right. And Barbara
2: then Parkins is based on, I think, like a bunch of models, and mm-hmm. then. Susan Hayward's character is based on uh, Ethel Merman,
1: right? And I mean, I need to read the book. I think it'll change my perspective on the movie itself. I still love the movie, I and mean, you can definitely tell that they were trying to fit a lot of source material in, regardless I've mm-hmm. if it or not. The Movie's never boring, and I appreciate it's never that. boring. It never No. Lifts. It does do a good job of heightening. Um. So yeah. So Neely O'Hara, like you know, starts to do drugs like uppers because she has to keep up with her like work like she is training she's constantly doing nightclub appearances she's now doing movies she moves to california she's taking sleeping pills to go to bed because all the uppers are keeping her awake
2: yeah and while this is all happening she gets like a movie she becomes a movie star
1: right and then uh, Jennifer moves out there with Tony because Tony wants to try his hand in acting just as well as Jennifer does. Um, and then Barbara Perkins' m- character immediately falls along too with her boyfriend Le- Leon or lion. 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 Yeah, after
2: she yeah, after she and Lion's dump Lion dumps her. Yeah. She becomes a successful model and
1: yeah, she gets a campaign for beauty like and ma- then
2: the guy that runs the beauty campaign runs the beauty uh, empire mm-hmm. and becomes her b- boyfriend.
1: Right. Oh. It uh, just yeah. it just gets bad for all of them so quickly.
2: Yeah, it gets really like all the highs and then it gets really low real quick.
1: Yeah, because then we see if we like, want to forward a little bit more Tony gets diagnosed with... uh,
2: Some very soap opera-esque
1: disease. Yeah, it's like Huntington's something... Huntington's... Tanya! ...disease. Tanya. His name's Tony. Tanya! (laughs) (laughs) He gets diagnosed with, like, Huntington's disease, which makes him immobile, and he forgets everyone's names. He doesn't know who Jennifer is anymore, so they send him to a sanatorium... Mm -hmm. And then Jennifer's like, well, I have to pay for this.
2: Yeah. Well, no, the sister-in-law is like, yeah, yeah, she's like, I got to pay. We got to figure out how to, we're going to pay this. And the sister-in-law is like, and let's, oh yeah. So they get married. They elope.
1: Yeah.
2: Because everyone's up their asses about being with each other. So they're like, fuck it. We're going to get married.
1: Mm -hmm. And then
2: they get married. And, uh, and the reason why, well, yeah, anyway, I don't want to give too much away. I realize I'm giving away, but they, uh, yeah, they run off and get married and the sister-in-law is like well actually the sister-in-law Loki is like the Christian of her time because she was like well I have an idea yeah and then you see like a French for like director come in and like they who makes art films yeah. or as they were called heavy
1: quotations around that yeah which the movie inside of the movie is hilarious, mm. where she's basically yeah. on a bed naked, rolling around with a man, and then she knocks over a bottle of wine. And so then the iconic, that, like,
2: <laughs> orgasm-like look.
1: Yeah, and she knocks over the bottle of wine, and the man says, you almost got wine in my shoes. And then it Pin. ends. Yeah. <laughs> and it, that, 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 that's it. Yeah, yeah like,
2: would you like it's not porn, it's just like
1: it's porn. No, it's like it's a porn
2: sort of thing.
1: It's but it's like softcore, like, you see boobs, yeah, because but it's softcore. like
2: if okay, like, if that was like in okay, but was it actually okay? Maybe it was porn it, because it was like actual porn. i
1: was I'm like, trying to
2: forget, but, I remember the book, but like, maybe it was in that they couldn't obviously show like more than what they showed.
1: Because it was shown in, like, some city movie theaters, like, in Times Square. Yeah,
2: it's like a, it's like
0: Tinto Brass movies. He yeah. He did uh, clip. Yeah, and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and there was definitely, like, you saw more than you could see in any other movie theater. then I think that's why they were played in... C- and she was also, like, advertising the movie, like, on the side of, like, the buildings. Nudies,
2: cuties. Yeah. Yeah, you would see Ooh. all the advertisements for her movies when... Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, but- if we want to go into... Spoilers for Jennifer. Jennifer um ends up with breast cancer. Breast
2: cancer. It has to get an mastectomy
1: Yeah, she goes in and gets a biopsy done and she's telling um Annie that she it's malignant and she doesn't know what to do because her entire career has been based around her body. And every time she calls her mom, her mom just asks for money and tells her basically that she's worthless and has no talent. And so she decides that she's going to take a handful of dolls and then she kills herself. Yeah. So then back to Annie's character or Anne's character, her friends call her Annie, which is really cute. I love that name for her. (laughs) (laughs) She is going, this is around the time when she moves to California and her relationship with the beauty... Whatever
2: the guy, the beauty guy's name is.
1: It doesn't work out. And Yeah,
2: and she meets...
1: Yeah, she's basically revisited by uh lion, and they kind of start back up their relationship until they visit Neely in the sanatorium.
2: Yeah, and then uh, Neely, because Neely goes down a drug-filled spiral...
1: Yeah. She.
2: That little answer in a Santerium. And Lion's like, I'm going to get you. Like, I'm. He basically is like, I'm going to be your manager and I'm going to take you under my wing. And they basically, spoiler, but like they get together and then uh, it is a disaster for everyone.
1: He just wanted to salvage her career and Anne warned him. She was like, don't. Don't go with her. She thrives on destruction, and she's just going to take you down with her. Mm-hmm. Even uh, Helen Lawson was like, "You need to stop what you're doing to Lion." He's. She tells him that if he keeps following Neely around, he's going to end up like childless and just working for the rest of his life and never finding happiness. This is yeah. after Neely steals Helen Lawson's wig and throws it in a toilet. <laughs> so great. It's probably my favorite part of the entire movie.
2: My yeah, mine too.
1: It's one of them. Next to where we're about to get to, when Neely is left by Lion in her dressing room because she's... She he, gets
2: drugged up before a show.
1: Yeah, he's like, I'm, you know, Anne was right. I can't do this anymore. I should have listened to her, and he leaves her. She's like, okay, I'm just going to get fucking drunk and, like, sabotage myself. So her understudy replaces her in the play and she loses her fucking mind.
2: Your dress winds second... up in an owl.
1: Well de- then we'll start with a
2: second act. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
1: That's my favorite thing. You always dress for the second act, Stuart. I always
0: dress for the second act I'm in a green dress. And I'm all <laughs> fun dolls. Yeah. And slamming and rum.
2: On a brighter note, I loved her hair. Her that hair. was my favorite hair moment for Neely. That like top ponytail. Yeah, it was very like Khloe Kardashian would do now.
1: Yeah, she was behe- ahead of her time.
2: Yeah, she sure fucking was. <laughs>
1: but then, so while
2: and while this is going on, Anne is like kind of goes on her weird drug spiral.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and wants like the alleyways. <laughs>
2: It's, like, each of them represents, like, the, the what happens with, with like, a drug use. Like, one ODs, one has, like, a huge up-and-down spiral, and then one has, like, a moment and snaps out of it.
1: Right. That's uh, Anne's character. She starts – she falls into a depression because Lion leaves her for Neely, and she knows this. Like, she knows that he's never coming back. She knows that her relationships just keep failing and she doesn't really know why she's in California. So she just starts to take a walk on the beach after swallowing a shit ton of pills. And then she she (laughs)
2: dramatically (laughs) just, like...
1: The sand. But it's,
2: like, each limb just breaks. It goes, like, first, (laughs) like, her, like, leg and then she's, like, kneeling, like, in the sand. And then her, like... Like, knees give out, and then, like, the rest of her just it's just so great. It's just like one it's by hot one.
1: taught in acting class. You know how Michelle Williams' hands act for her, and yes, when Verdon Barbara's yes. legs gave out for the character, just like Tony's, just like Tony's. Just so like Tony's. Tony's.
2: Tony, she <laughs> really emphasized that knee.
1: Yeah, it's all about the knee and Tony. I worked with a guy named Tony once, and I would scream that at him, and he didn't know the movie because he was a straight man, which now, Stuart, you're a part of that club. Well, (laughs) a different club. But you're still in the straight men that have seen Valley of the Dolls Club. But he yeah, he didn't know what I was talking about, so he didn't really uh, like it. Rude. Good story, I know. I'm full of them. (laughs) (laughs) So then... yeah, she's like, well, I need to get my shit together and just go back to where I'm happy. And that ends up being back in Connecticut. So she yeah. leaves California and moves back home. And then, yeah, Neely's character screaming her shit off in an alleyway. Because yeah. she she and lost her career.
2: And then it ends with a scene that I've always like wanted to like reenact in my own real life, which is like i love when lion comes back to and he finds anne at her like family's house and he Mm -hmm. comes back and it's like snowing and cold and they're outside and he's like come back to me and she's like "Mm, nah i'm good nah nah brah i'm good And then she like and then the like music the theme music comes on and she takes and she goes on a walk into the woods and she's in her fur and she takes that like stick and she's just like
1: Whack using, the whacking way. things
2: along, yeah. oh, it's just so good.
1: Yeah, yeah. End. It's. I mean, it's just a great ending. Like, because you know, she she did what she wanted to do. She tried her hand at a business that ended up, you know, giving her a lot of good times, but then also like a small drug dependency for I like d- a quick second. I didn't yeah.
0: know how Allison worked on the screenplay for this.
1: Yeah, I think he didn't want anything to do with it after no. Harlan Ellison.
2: Oh, yeah. No one really wanted to do anything with it once it came out. Because it was a big... I think it was Fox's biggest moneymaker that year.
1: It was. It only yeah. cost $5 million to make and it made over $50 million.
2: Yeah, but... I mean, but like... And I think... I mean, I hate to compare it, but like the, but like the phenom, but only because of like the phenomenon, but like what Valley of the Dolls was back then, I guess would be like kind of what, what Fifty Shades was when it came out and then the movie came out. Like the movie, like, and I think, I mean, when it comes to even just the camp value, I mean, Valley of the Dolls, is 10 times better, but, um, and even as, as like a franchise as a whole as well. But, like, th- like yeah, like, Fifty Shades is technically a shit movie, but, like, it made so much money because that series was so successful. Like, that's just why, like, Valley of the Dolls, the book was so successful at the time. <laughs> and, you know, the movie was uh, was going to be a big hit, no matter what box office
1: was.
0: Valley of the Dolls, though, is quality camp. Fifty Shades of Grey doesn't even succeed at being softcore.
2: Or- no. No, and I agree with you on that. But like, you have to compare. Like, yeah. you're comparing like the franchise and the phenomenon value. Yeah, phenomenon yeah, you
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a movie at the time where it w- became quickly a household phenomenon, especially with the cast, because also. Like I mentioned in the intro, Patty Duke before this was like a teen idol. Like she was a child star yeah. that like had a really squeaky clean image, and then she. This
2: was her whole. This was like the break of it. This was like gonna be like her entry into like being like a like a, an adult in film.
1: It was the equivalent of her doing like a cosmopolitan cover in a corset, you know.
2: Basically, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, like, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, a modern child star today who's had, like, a breakout, like, big role, but as an adult, I can't really think of one. Mm -hmm. Miley Cyrus.
1: Yeah, but, yeah.
2: But, like, as a straight actor, though, like, Miley's reinvented with, like, like, music.
1: music. Yeah, maybe maybe dakota fanning she's in uh yeah dakota it, fanning's someone off. who's
2: like but dakota up. fanning hasn't had like that like defining like like right. that's a pretty defining like
1: right movie choice oh uh, yeah. robert Pattinson. oh yeah robert yeah. Pattinson because he was in a uh, twilight he went from that yeah. like iconic Did you like, say scene? robert paddington Padding. I just really like Paddington Bear. Okay. Honestly, I
2: I take Paddington Bear over Robert Pattinson. Like, he seems better. He seems cooler to hang out with.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. He just wants to wear his raincoat and jump in puddles. And and eat
1: marmalade sandwiches with Judy. Sorry. Yeah. uh, For that movie, I I know you do. I know (laughs) Paddington. I
2: still need (laughs) to see (laughs) it.
1: Favorite movie. Gonna (laughs) cry. Not. I, cry. <laughs> I follow him on Twitter and he just talks about <laughs> soccer and jumping in funnels with his friends. He has no concept of how bad things are. <laughs> this
2: is such uh, an so
1: sorry. <laughs> 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 <I'm literally crying. laughs> well, it's fine. All right, so back to Valley of the oh, Pulse. <laughs> oh, Daniel
0: Radcliffe was another one. Okay, he went from okay.
2: Daniel Radcliffe is kind of like an a good example. Harry Potter yeah. to
0: being naked on stage for Equus. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's a yeah. really
1: defining one. Yeah, that
2: was like a very defining moment for him. Yeah, that's a good example.
1: Uh, or like
2: Emma Watson, another Emma Watson in yeah. Wallflower. Like that's a or Bling I Ring think was like a defining oh that.
1: You've never seen Bling Ring? No.
2: Or Bling Ring. Oh, so good.
1: Stewart's never seen it. No.
2: Okay, you have to watch Pretty Wild, which is that reality show Yeah. First. Because I've had, okay, I've had, um, I remember when I saw that movie, I saw that, I used to watch that reality show first. And, and if you don't know this, um, Emma Watson's character is based on the uh, Alexis Nyers. Yeah. Allegedly based on alexis <laughs> and like when i saw that movie with my best friend back home she never seen the show so she thought emma watson was shit in the movie and i was like no she's the shit in this yeah, movie. she, she
1: sounds just like her yeah she, yeah
2: she yeah she could have uh, it was a perfect performance
1: um
0: every time was you said alexis for some reason i was just thinking of alexis from Shit's creek Oh my God. I'm a
1: little bit of Alexis. <laughs> I'm a little bit of la la la. la. <laughs> Is that
0: uh, comparable to Emma Watson?
1: Yeah, except yeah. just Emma Watson plays an evil person. Well, that's on drugs. So yeah, yeah. Um, so Brian, you've seen, you've read the book and seen the movie, which we touched on a little bit before. What are some yeah. of the things that you think this movie would have benefited from if they had maybe taken? I guess I don't really know how to ask this question. Like, I think
2: there was no. uh, Okay, I'll. I think I know what you're getting. I think I know what you're getting at. Right. I think, to be honest, I think that there's nothing you could have done differently when you're making it a movie. Like, I really think that there was no other. Like, because they do really do pick up on all the important things of the movie of like each of their stories. Right. Pretty much of like, uh, you know. Jennifer is this, like, tragic blonde sex symbol who has, like, a tragic marriage. And Neely is, like, this, like, awe-inspiring talent who's extremely troubled. And Anne is just kind of, like, a very, like, well-educated New England girl who uh, kind of has her cake and eats it, too. Right. You know?
1: Yeah, she's really the only character that comes out unscathed. Yeah. Is it like And
2: a- which is different from the
1: book oh
2: the very the ending of the book is very different
1: should you should i read it first before you tell me i or? mean
2: do you want me it, that depends on what you want i
1: th- i want to know just for the podcast sake because i think it would be good to know for that we'll also give a spoiler warning before you reveal it happened to yeah me. so okay. spoiler warning
2: yeah, spoiler, spoiler warning. So, in the book, Lion and uh, Jennifer get uh, not Jennifer, uh, Lion and Anne uh, get married, oh, and wow. they have uh, a daughter. And um, basically, like Lion, like promises he's not gonna cheat anymore and like he seems like he's not and then at the very end of the book Anne finds out that he cheats and and um it's the first the book the very end of the book is Anne taking <coughs> her first pill
1: oh no I like
2: that ending yeah, yeah no it's a Please. great ending because it's like oh shit like I kind of like you know like Anne's gonna become that woman she's gonna become that rich the wife of, like, a rich manager, agent, lawyer, or whatever. And she's going to ignore his dalliances and be, like, a pill-popping. Oh,
1: that's so sad.
2: Like, yeah, like, it's sad. But, like, it's a very, like, it's a very soap opera sad ending.
0: It was the author from Connecticut? Because it sounds...
2: No. Well, Jacqueline Suzanne, her background was that she was an actress first. Right. And she, which is where she got a lot of her material from, I think, isn't it there like a, like a warning in the movie, like a, like in the very beginning, yeah. like the characters yeah. might seem like they're real people, but they're not like one of yeah. those.
1: Yeah. There's like, yeah, a, like, there's even in the movie,
2: like there's one of those, like,
1: yeah. Um, she, um, she definitely was around the circle. She knew that world very well. And I think that's why it, so well because she like wrote what she knew you know yeah
2: and she and exactly and you can tell like which and it's like because of also the drug dependencies that play throughout them through it too you can tell like when you hear like the who influence what character like especially like the stories too are even more like richer in the sense of like you get more of like Jennifer's background which is a a why, which is there's a lot of wildness like you're like wait what like the, i think a lot of the camp value comes a little bit from jennifer's background and a lot of neely's dialogue in the book right um
1: what's jennifer's like, background in the book
2: i just i'm trying to remember there's I a lot like i think she had like well i'm pretty sure there might be like a lesbian experience in there and i think think there might have been, like, a boarding school, and then, like, I remember, like, there's, like, something where she, like, was in, like, she signed up to, like, do, like, a coma, like, thing. I don't know. There's literally, like, so much shit. Like, I'm, just read the book. But um, the, but one thing, though, is in the book, it's very apparent that Neely is Judy Garland. Like, or she based that on Judy Garland. Because, like, they even, it starts, she, like, talks about how she was in, like, a vaudeville act, Right, and I talk they t- it describe her voice in there of like like she talks about how like Neely's isn't necessarily like quote unquote, the most attractive, but then like how she sings is like once once Anne hears her singing, it's like, oh my God,
1: right.
2: And um, she was
0: in a movie called uh Let's Rendezvous <laughs> in East
1: St. <Saint> Louis, Illinois, <laughs> who stewart was trying to make a joke and it (laughs) was that
2: just went way over my head
1: no it's fine it was (laughs)
0: let's move on (laughs) Mm.
1: um so we know that Um, helen austin was supposed to be played by judy garland in the movie
2: yeah originally cast and was like filming too
1: Patty Duke said that the director uh, sabotaged Judy Garland quite quite often. Her call time to set was eight a.m., but he often wouldn't use her until four p.m. Yeah,
2: which you know, letting Judy Garland like with nothing to do for that long is an addict in any
1: any, right, you know, with like steadily steadily supplied alcohol and pills around you if you. And he
2: was. And apparently, too, from what Patty Duke said, he was a, "quote unquote" the meanest son of a bitch.
1: Yeah, he was really mean to Sharon Tate. Apparently, the most because he, you know, just the, didn't the, think she was talented, even though her performance is literally probably the most grounded performance in the entire. Her,
2: her, she honestly has the most solid performance, and that says a lot. Comparing that, you're in a movie with Susan Hayward, who is, in my opinion, one of the greatest film actresses of all time. Like,
1: yeah. I mean, um, it's just and really Patty
2: Duke too. Yeah, Patty, Patty Duke. Patty Duke's a great actress. Many people don't give her, I feel like, the credit that she deserves.
1: I can't believe this movie almost ruined her career. Like, I know,
2: and she yeah. admit and she too like would not look at it for many years.
1: Oh, I didn't
0: realize uh the director Mark Robinson directed one of my favorite movies, The Seventh Victim.
1: Mark Robson?
0: Mark Robson, yeah. Oh. Uh directed uh I oh. thought that was a Shock Turner movie, but I guess not. Yeah, uh Val Luton produced horror movie. I love that one, the victim.
1: I, I I just I love this movie so much and I'm so glad that you finally got to watch it with me. Yeah. I know. I feel,
2: I'm glad you saw it.
1: I feel like every time I've watched it I've well I've watched it with Brian I'm sure we kicked you out of the living room to watch it a few probably. times. Probably. <laughs> we did that with the Judy Garland uh, biopic on Lifetime. Was yeah. it a Lifetime one?
2: Uh, No. It was like an ABC movie, I think.
1: Oh, even better.
2: It was like a major network oh, movie, God. yeah. I For me, this movie, I just remember, it's very special to me because, like, I'm not a big reader. Right. Like, at all. I now am because I got finally got Audible. So <laughs> I've li- I've been listening to books like I'm on like third or fourth. I'm on like my fourth book this summer and I love it. But I was so for me to get through a book was very rare. Um and I had like it just like a value like it just gets you through like there's so much it's so campy. It's melodramatic. The sex in it is insane. Like there is um like one of the things another spoiler um and is a virgin in the beginning
1: oh and
2: the scene yeah it's a very like descriptive scene of of the night that she loses her virginity and I remember I was on a plane and I was reading that I literally like was like like deep breathing because I was like oh my god this is so hot but like I'm (laughs) and then um also there's a very I like I like a very like uh interesting scene uh scene in the in the book which that involving jennifer and tony
1: oh no um
2: no 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 interesting in like a good way like in a like a good way yeah no there's nothing that i can remember in the book that made me like cringe sexually
1: good Good. not that
2: i can remember but the book but there's just like you see what i mean like all those little things alone like there's there, like you take out like the fact that Anne's a version, That's such a big part of like her story and stuff. Like right. they take like what they could to make a movie, and that's why I say like they should. You know, people keep wanting to like reboot stuff and like revisit like older things. Go revisit Valley of the Dolls and make that into a miniseries and do it with based on the book verbatim. I feel like we'll get an amazing series. It would about... be campy, but it'd be. Amazing. And it would be super campy, and people will need to, like, realize how camp is a true art. Right. I feel like but, it would
0: be a lot different if it was done five years later when the floodgates had officially opened for American censorship in movies.
2: Yeah. 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 Also, Also, it, maybe then it probably would have been made into, if it was made in, like, in the 70s, it probably would have been made into a TV movie. Could have. Yeah. That's when TV movies were starting to become even more and more popular. I, I think
0: we're still getting like three hour long uh, auteur movies in the 70s. Yeah, it's yeah. true.
1: Yeah,
0: could have been a, like a three hour long.
1: So, Brian, I'm going never... to ask you the most important question of the night. Mm-hmm. So, in your reboot of Valley of the Dolls, who plays the main three women?
2: Okay, I thought very long and hard about it, and it's very, like, okay, it's, because you, I, for me, and I care about these women so much. Yeah, I know. It means so much to me. Like, I remember, like, I was saying with the movie, because it was, like, with the book and the movie, it was the first time I ever was, like, okay, I'm going to read this book before I see this movie. And then I remember being, like, I'm going to treat myself, and I remember the first time I watched the movie, I was in my dorm room and my like freshman year in my bed and I had like a full like a, a can of like icing and <laughs> I just like was eating icing in my dorm <laughs> bed watching Valley of the Dolls with my headphones like and <laughs> it like it's a very special moment. I believe it was snowing too, which makes it even better. Oh, that's the best um, to watch this movie. Yeah. Um which but I mean, the only person I'm like I'm for sure like this is the perfect person for this part is um is I think that Anne should be played by Saoirse Ronan. Okay. I think because of starts in the 40s and the timing of when Anne would be a model, Saoirse Ronan looks like models from that time period. She looks like a model from, like, who would be very popular in, like, the mid-50s in high fashion and model. And on top of it, she has like she can do the New England kind of girl very well. I think she would be a great person for that role and she's in the right age. yeah. Um, I think she could do it. Or I, or Emma Stone, weirdly I think would be a good choice for that too. Mm. Or Emma Watson but but Searsha, or as I lovingly refer to her as Saracha Raman would be <laughs> my top choice to play Anne. I think she would be great. I think Neely, and I've thought long and hard about this, and I think Neely probably honestly needs to be an an unknown. I can see that. Because I can't think of someone who has the voice and the acting ability at the age that Neely needs to be.
1: And also then it's appropriate for the character Because that's why it made sense for Patty Duke to play her. Because it was a completely different image than anyone had expected from her. So it was basically like she was a new person.
2: Yeah. But it also made sense, too, that, like, if she was going to have a role that was going to, like, switch up, like, that's perfect. Because Patty Duke, I mean, and even when, I mean, I have to say, even when she was younger, she was, I mean, when she got older, she was always still the fresh face. Kind of had that girl next door I mean, just by look of her Doris Day charm, even though she did not, that was, she was not her at all. Right. Um, But she had that, so to see her kind of play a woman who, like, starts as that and then goes on that downward spiral, it was, like, a perfect choice. It all made sense. And I'm sure for everyone around her, it was, like, and for her, it was, like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. Right. Like, you know, I'm sure they expected something very different. I'm sure they expected, like, an Oscar for her. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure. I I feel like they were like. I feel like sh- sh- her thought process was whatever Elizabeth, uh, uh, Elizabeth, uh, what's her name from uh, Showgirls.
1: Oh my God! Yeah. Oh. Like God. I bet that they had
2: the same thought process. that like, oh. This is an Oscar.
1: Oh, that makes me so sad for her. Showgirl. I still haven't seen it since I was uh, too young. Also, High Camp. Oh, I... oh.
0: (laughs) Have you seen Showgirls 2, Pennies from Heaven?
2: Uh, no, I have
0: not. It was a direct-to-video, one made by... Oh, God, I'm looking up her name right now. Showgirls 2. It was like a... a,
1: He made me watch a trailer for it, mm -hmm. and I broke out in a hot flash. Like, I...
0: Rena Riffle. (laughs) Uh small part in showgirl she decided to do a two and a half hour sequel for little to no budget i think it has like a two on imdb and the trailer is pure gold
2: i please send that to me yes please <laughs> um but i'm trying you know because i've thought about it really hard i cannot think of anyone who i would really it's really hard i've thought about it you know, with who would I would want to play uh, Neely and uh, and Jennifer. And, yeah, I think Neely should be an unknown. Or someone from Broadway that isn't necessarily unknown, known, but could do, like, who could sing the part. Because that's the point. It's that they need to have that Judy Garland quality of voice,
1: at least. Why not just get Renee Zellweger?
2: <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Not <laughs> talking about that.
1: Who do you think would play Jennifer?
2: Um, I don't know. It needs to be someone, though, who can do, who, uh, uh, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. And you know what? There's so many possibilities of actresses. I was thinking of Jennifer recently, um, Trace Lissette from, um, um, she is, uh, she played, um, what's her name? Um, I forget her name, but she was on Transparent. She was the younger, really gorgeous. Hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about?
1: No, I never finished.
2: If you see her, you know who I'm talking about. She's a great okay. actress. Uh, I think, like, being blonde for that character is really important, so you'd have to make her blonde, but I feel like she could do it. She is, um...
1: Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, she is a trans actress. Like, I would, like, I think, like, I don't know, like, I never, like, now, like, there's parts, like, I'm thinking, too, like, like, why not, like, one of these women being, like, a woman of color, too? Like, why couldn't it be, like... Yeah, exactly. And it could fit, like, and it, you know, yeah. So, I don't know. There's so many opportunities now for, like, I can't think of. All I know is for sure, Circe, Ronan, Sriracha Ramen for Nia's <laughs> Ann. I think she'd be great. Also... For Brian, (laughs) I... Okay, no. I'll tell you, though, it's that, and for Helen, Bette Midler.
1: Oh, my God. Bette Midler is my favorite person in the entire world, I think. And
2: she would be perfect.
1: She would be perfect. I mean, but we just... I recently made Stewart watch that movie with her and Lily Tomlin. Oh, big business? Big business. Oh,
2: so good.
1: So, so good. She's so good at playing me, and I love it, because she is mean, and I...
2: Yeah, she... Oh, she's shady as hell, and I, I love it. <laughs> I One of my favorite things that Bette Midler has ever done, ever done, is uh, she had a, like, tiny, tiny part on, um, like, I think it was the finale, like, the series finale of Murphy Brown,
1: Oh, my God. Did you watch Murphy Brown? I watched it with my grandpa when I was, like, little, but I, you
2: know. Remember how, like, Murphy would always have, like, a different assistant? Yeah. So, Bette Midler came in to play, like, her assistant, and it was, like, the la- like the very last episode. And it was, I think it's it's on YouTube, and it's literally, like, I think two minutes. And it. I have not laughed. Like, I go back to it, and I still will be, like, dying laughing. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen.
1: Oh. I think... Was that before uh, Bette Midler
2: was a major star? No, because... No, that was way after.
1: Yeah, because Murphy Brown was, like, 80s. Oh, okay. And, like, early 90s. Yeah.
0: It's not like Karen Kilgariff on the Jenny McCarthy show?
1: No, no. Oh, my God. Jenny McCarthy, that's, like... Every time that name Um, is up, I feel like an angel dies.
2: Seriously. Also, I think for...
1: Because they weren't vaccinated. (laughs)
2: right <laughs> uh an angel couldn't get vaccinated so bad. um uh also i think for um lion army hammer
0: oh Aww. yeah that could work
1: like <laughs> i both
2: had the same
1: reaction i just love yeah. hammer
2: well because like i was like it needs to be like Every time I watch, because I whenever I watch Mad Men now, I I have thought about Valley of the Dolls. I'm like, oh, if Don, if this, if at a different time and place, like uh, John Hamm would have been perfect for um, Lion. He would have been the perfect Lion because, like, and um, Mad Men's a great example because I mean Loki, he plays Lion. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, Army Hammer is who I would cast that. So I've casted three of the like five important characters
1: yeah i mean and that's a feat i mean because that's like such an iconic they're so iconic in their roles who like it would be tony yeah it would be tony Ooh, that's hard tony. Um, i don't know um, I...
2: will i darren chris
1: oh that'd be good did darren you uh, are you
2: in act well yeah
1: Yeah, are you invested in all in who's going to play Elvis?
2: Of course I am. Um,
1: I know, like, all of those, like, I know uh, Harry Styles and, like, a bunch of other random dudes were, like, buying... My
2: thing is, what era are you trying to get? Because this is the thing, if you're casting an Elvis movie with Priscilla... Why are you casting guys who would be more fitted for a young Elvis? And also,
1: I, I really Elvis, think they Mary cast Pris- a 14 year old to play Priscilla I because still- I want everyone to see how fucking creepy that was. I still <laughs> want
0: to see John Carpenter's Elvis movie with uh, Kurt Russell as Elvis. Oh, that exists. Interesting- okay,
2: they did that. Okay, so this, okay, I'm getting on my um, glittery pink soapbox for like two seconds. Do it. Because I think we talked about this. Maybe I don't know. I posted about this because I went on my pink, glittery pink soapbox <laughs> after I saw, after I saw Rocket Man, which I thought was fine. I don't know if y'all saw it. I think the best part of the movie really was um, Taron Egerton's performance. He really did a great job, and he really did. I'm very against using, um, not using the actual singer's voice in bio musicals.
1: Yeah,
2: um, but he did an amazing job but it made me really think like you know i'm sick of these bio musicals about male rock singers right like, you're forgetting all the women who were important in rock and roll and also like you're not telling like I, eddie Mer. i'm eddie murphy eddie. <laughs> freddie mercury <laughs> like,
1: Stewart's dying. <laughs> I'm just imagining uh, Eddie Murphy
0: with Freddie Mercury's teeth. Oh, God. Or rather, not Freddie Mercury's teeth, but, um, what's his face from, what's it called
2: with the fake teeth?
1: That's Rami Malek? Yeah, Rami
2: Malek. Rami he? Malek, Jesus. Like, okay, like, he's just, he just, making so many more movies now about, like, white rock and roll male musicians, and it's just like, enough, like, when are we gonna get like a good Janice Joplin movie? Like when are we gonna get, like there's so many women. Janice Joplin, Cass Elliot, uh, Grace Slick, um, Wanda Truman. Jackson, uh, Jackie Chan. Uh, Mama like, Cass. Um, who else? Etta James, like there's Big Mama Thornton. Like there's so many, um, Janice Martin and Brenda Lee. Like I'm naming so many women you can make a bi- that deserve biopics.
0: An X-ray Specs biopic. A what? X-ray Specs. Yeah,
1: it was an f- uh, all-women punk band. Yeah, Susie
2: Sue. Um, yeah. When Patty Smith lets us have a movie about her. I like- think I, if
1: time is running out for
0: Charlotte Gainsborough to play Patty Smith, and I think that was. It depends been, on
1: the time like, that they're yeah. doing it. And also, I'm not against casting people older than the characters. Because if they're going to cast people of different sexual orientations and different ethnicities to play these people, why can't it be, like, different ages? When
0: is Eddie Murphy going to every role like he does with the clumps in one of these biopics?
1: uh, It just says his nationality is British and his parents are from India. So, I guess he's Indian.
0: Freddie Mercury. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah, there we go. But, yeah, I'm just sick of the you know, I'm ready for a female biopic and I think with Janice Joplin, I mean, she is the one that deserves it because she is the queen.
1: Oh, she yeah. Is,
2: I mean, and I, The Rose is basically a Janis Joplin movie and I think Hollywood also needs to give up on the fact and I think the Judy biopic, I mean, since you mentioned it, like Renee Zellweger definitely, you could see she tried with the singing, getting the inflections, but like it's just further proof of like why it just dub the singer yeah. and teach them how to lip sync and emote and like look at like the last i think great biopic musical performance was Marion Cotillard and Livian Rose cuz she and that all the singing was Edith Piaf and it made the performance more real i don't know but and i yeah. you know this is not valley of the doll's talk anymore
1: no but... no i mean it's just like <laughs> It's just weird. I just get confused about biopics and I, you know.
2: Gotta be done right. And
1: reboots. Yeah.
2: But the Elvis one, I don't think that they're casting any of them right if they're going to do a young one. If they're doing a young story about Elvis because, yeah, Priscilla was not, I mean, well, Priscilla was not an adult in his life, shall I say.
1: No, Uh, once she became an adult, he was like, all right, bye-bye, see you later, have fun with the kids. I'm going
2: to have sleepovers with a bunch of teenage girls.
1: Yeah, I mean.
2: (sighs) But who, I'm trying to think, who, yeah, Elvis, I don't know. Although, I'm very down for Lana Del Rey to play Priscilla Presley. I think Lana Del Rey would be amazing.
1: She basically already did in a music video for National Anthem. Who's going to yeah. play? Ters well, that Aitana. was Jackie Kenne- Kennedy. It was
2: like Jackie Kennedy meets Priscilla Presley.
1: She started playing Priscilla Presley when she got lip injections. Allegedly.
2: Okay, I, I love that era, though.
1: I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Literally everyone has lip injections.
0: In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. Yeah. A lot
1: True. of violence. But yeah, I mean, I guess this whole thing leads up to just Hollywood is kind of garbage, and we learn that in Valley of the Dolls that it kind of just eats you up and spits you out when you're inconvenient for them.
2: And very, <sighs> there's a reason why very few survive it.
1: Yeah, especially back then, and especially women or people of color. I mean, Jesus Christ, how fucking yeah. hard that must have been, because they yeah. were talking about in the movie how they're all 26. In the movie. Yeah. they're all old. They all are too old and they're going to be replaced. You look like you're 36. Because your face is all puffy. Okay, I love that. I'm like, where? Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm like, she looks younger than me because, honestly, she probably was. (laughs) Well, when the guy in the bar goes, you sound like...
2: Wait, I can do the math. Wait, I can do the math on how old Duke was. Because she was 15 when she won that Oscar for Miracle Worker. And that was in 62.
1: It was made in sixty, or released in sixty-seven.
2: So that was so. She was twenty when the movie came out.
1: Jesus Christ, young babies, yeah. just little tiny babies. So yeah, yeah, it's just it's fascinating because, I mean, I, it's still probably like that today. I mean, everyone's you know taking medicine or pills for something and like drugs, oh, yeah, and getting told they're too old. So then they get plastic surgery, and they get botched fake lips. And it's just really, 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 really sad.
2: No, it's just proof of, like... And I think the book really does that, this line justice, that, like, no matter what happens to you, like, Hollywood will continue, and we'll be more than happy to continue on without you.
1: I think this is a good place to end, but if you would do us the honors of your... Best Neely in an alley impression to take us out. I would greatly appreciate it.
2: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let me get that. Me, 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 me. Okay.
1: Neely, oh! <laughs> oh my God! God! Uh, I'm not kidding. A car alarm just went off outside of our apartment. <laughs>
2: And that's how you do it.
1: Thank you guys so much for oh. listening. Uh, stick around next week for Stuart's turn. Yeah. What are you going to make me watch? Ooh, I don't know yet. All right. It'll be a surprise. It'll be
0: on the Instagram account. I'm making decisions. I'm wondering if I should show you something bad. Brian, should I show Skylar something bad?
2: I mean, have you shown her something bad yet?
0: No. Yeah. No, she did yeah. something that I think is great that she didn't think was great. And that's something that we both thought was great. And I'm wondering if I should show something that I think is terrible. Uh, but, yeah,
2: okay. do that.
0: Okay. Cool. Okay, next cool. week we'll be watching Tim Ritter's killing spree.
1: And everyone, follow Brian on Instagram at Jew Majesty.
2: And he's also underscore Jew underscore Majesty. Jew don't
1: underscore don't... Majesty.
2: Who knows? There might be a Jew Majesty out there that without an underscore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and do you have any like gigs coming up in Chicago or anywhere else?
2: Nope, I do not, um, but I uh, just keep up with me on social media and I have a few pro- a project or two coming up, you know, so keep an eye out.
1: Hooray. Hooray. Yeah.
2: And also
0: your podcast, The Inexperienced Experience.
1: Yes, it's please
2: awesome. listen to my podcast, The um, Inexperienced Experience, that I co-host with my good pal, uh, comedian Claire Roma. Um, You can listen to it on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes Podcasts.
1: Awesome. Thank you for
2: coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me.
1: All right. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.